0: Hello everyone and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast and welcome to the exciting, colorful, and sometimes bizarre world of Argentine tango. On this show, we'll be meeting tango instructors, event organizers, and musicians. They are a fascinating bunch of people and it'll be a great time. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and thank you very much for joining us. Today's guest is a central figure in the New Orleans tango community. By day, she's a pediatric anesthesiologist at the New Orleans Children's Hospital. And on top of that, she is the organizer of the renowned New Orleans Tango Festival. She is one busy lady, and I'm really happy to have her on the show today. And with me now is Lorena dumas Gutner. Lorena, thank you so much for being on the podcast and taking the time. Really appreciate it thank you so much for the invitation joe all right so let's get right into it so uh take us back to the beginning of your tango journey lorena so can you describe the moment or moments because there could have been more than one when tango grabbed you and when you knew you wanted this dance to be a big part of your life
1: probably with the First movie that I saw, um, what was that? Scent of a Woman. Oh, okay. There's a tango scene in that, and it was followed up by the movie True Lies. Uh, <laughs> ah. <yeah.
0: laughs> yes.
1: And of course, that looks nothing like Argentine Tango, but I, I still thought, wow, I really want to learn how to do that dance.
2: Nice.
1: And um, that's how it started for me. That was the idea. And then it still took a few more years before I actually began to take lessons. It okay. was one of those transitions in my life. I changed jobs
2: mm-hmm. and
1: said, you know, let me start working my way down the bucket list. Mm-hmm. And uh, found. And that's how I discovered Tango.
0: Okay. So when you first started taking lessons, what was it like for you?
1: A challenge. Mm-hmm. I was so anxious and nervous, always concerned about making a mistake. Mm. And, uh, of course, when you have that tremendous amount of fear and you know anxiety about making mistakes, what do you do? You mm-hmm. make mistakes, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that's exactly what happens. You make more mistakes, mm-hmm. and uh, it took a long time before I was able to sort of relax into it and um, and just sort of let it happen, yeah, okay. but that's what it was like.
0: Yeah. So what was your first Malanga like? Do
1: you remember? I do, and again, it was exciting on the one hand, mm-hmm. and on the other hand, it was sheer terror. <laughs> um, <laughs> because again, I wanted to dance. I wanted to get out there and do something. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, oh my God! If someone asks me to dance, it's going to be a mess on the dance floor. It's going to be torture for this guy. <laughs> uh, you know, nine and a half minutes of torture. I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of fun. I want to give this a try. I want to get better at it. Oh, but this this could go really bad. This, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, <laughs> there was always this inherent tension. You know, this anxiety about trying to um, do well at it. Yeah, you're definitely not alone in that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still there, but yeah. uh, I don't let the anxiety control me as much anymore. I, yeah. I, I find moments of joy with the dance now, whereas before it was, you know, about the challenge of trying to learn something new and, mm-hmm. and you know, trying to be expressive with it came mm-hmm. much, much, much later. Yeah.
0: But you've gotten involved in tango and on a level that not many of us do. You got into organizing. So how, how did what motivated you to do that?
1: Well, I kind of stumbled into it. Okay. I work with another dancer here in this community. Her name mm-hmm. is Myrna Enriquez. Ah, yes. And she called me to get a phone number. Mm-hmm from someone because uh, an instructor was coming to town, the housing fell through for the instructor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then I said, oh, can I have so-and-so's number so that, and ask if this instructor can stay with him. And I said, hey, I finished renovating one of my guest bedrooms and bathrooms. He can stay with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And from then, that ex- from that experience, which was great and it was fun, uh, we invited another instructor to come mm-hmm. to town a few months later. And then Meredith and I started inviting more instructors Mm -hmm. to come to New Orleans periodically to teach. Mm -hmm. And it's because we have a local instructor who's really great. You know, he's like the driving force. His name is is Hector Gutierrez. Mm -hmm. He does a great job of keeping everything going. He's like, think of it as the anchor in the community. Chris Morris is the other individual. She works with with Hector, and Mm -hmm. they're the ones who every single week – organize their two milongas, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time Yeah. when you think about it. That's a lot of time to dedicate yourself to a social event.
2: Mm-hmm. But for
1: those who wanted to have something more advanced in a group setting, that was something that was missing a little bit. I see. So we said, let's try to bring some people in so that, you know, yes, they can teach beginners, but add to what's going on with what Hector what is doing. hmm and so that's how it came about. And then one instructor, well, really wound up being two, came with some students. Mm-hmm. And they were just so excited about visiting New Orleans. And, you know, they talked about what a great time they had, running, you know, the French Quarter, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. <laughs> and then Mariners said, well, you know, can we do this on a larger scale? People want to come to the city and see New Orleans. Can we do tango and tourism? Can we, yeah. Can we, you know, host a larger scale event? and invite people to come to enjoy Tango and enjoy the city of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And that's how, and so it was just going to be a one-off event. Mm -hmm. But by the end of that first event, I'd had so much fun Yeah. by Sunday night. We won't talk about what happened on Thursday, but by (laughs) Sunday night... (laughs) You know, I was very elated about how things
0: went and we said let's do it again. And mm-hmm. and here we are entering the 5th year of the festival. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so so when it comes to taking leadership of such a huge project like the New Orleans Tango Festival. Now, most people would find that incredibly intimidating. So w- was that a challenge back then that you wanted to dive right into or yes. were you okay?
1: Yes. I, I like um, planning things. I like trying okay. to put the different parts to something together to create something new and mm-hmm. special. With my daytime job, I mm-hmm. attended a lot of conferences. Yeah, I took note of what worked, what didn't, you know. And Myrna and I attended many Tango festivals and we took note of mm-hmm. what worked and what could be improved upon. And we tried to apply those things to those lessons learned to the festival here mm. in New Orleans, yeah. and that—that's basically the thing that drives me. Oftentimes, is trying to solve a problem,
2: mm-hmm.
0: try
1: to figure something out. What do I need to
0: do to make something work? Okay. So were there any life experiences outside of Tango that have prepared you well for organizing such a huge festival?
1: Probably. The biggest one is attending large conferences. Okay. And, of course, the Tango Festival doesn't really arise to that that level of a a huge conference uh, where there are tens of thousands of attendees. Mm -hmm. But you kind of get an idea of how things work. The other experience came from the smaller events that Myrna and I hosted with the with the other instructors that visited in the city. We started okay. small, two workshops and one milonga.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that had us thinking about some of the smaller issues that can arise when you're organizing and hosting an event. Mm-hmm. not just the workshops, but trying to make sure everyone has a positive experience and you know, worried about the organization on the back end because mm-hmm. you have what people see,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's the part that you want to go as flawless as possible, yeah. but then you have what goes on behind the curtains. Right. Over time, you begin to learn what are the strengths of the people in the community who help you, and you begin to rely more and more upon them. And so it's not... Any one single person
2: mm-hmm. doing
1: this, it, it really becomes a group effort in order to make it a positive
0: experience yeah. for, for those who attend. Okay. So the day right before the festival begins, what, what goes through your mind? Can I say this in the sure. <laughs> radio? Uh,
1: I'm more concerned about the the risk of um, public humiliation. Something not going well. Mm-hmm. Will something happen with the floor? Will there be an issue with the sound? The registration table is that organized? Can, will we have a seamless flow for the attendees? That registration process. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to make sure that the line isn't too long at any given time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the things that I that I worry about yeah. <laughs> trying to get everything done because the floor is laid and the floors positioned and the sound and light equipment mm-hmm. all of that goes into the ballroom on the first day of the festival wow. so we start early so yeah. you know you sort of worried about those logistics mm-hmm. but the companies that I work with now I've been doing it with them for four years
2: mm-hmm.
1: so we all know each other mm-hmm. we know what to expect it's been the same crew that's come each year mm-hmm. with that. And so even though the floor that we're using different ballrooms yeah. within the hotel, at least the rest of the team, you know, is
0: yeah. on board and they're, they're flexible. Mm-hmm. How well do you sleep the night before the festival starts?
1: Maybe this year I'll sleep a little bit more. I don't okay.
0: know. <laughs> I imagine the first time was been pretty uh pretty nerve wracking.
1: It was. And mm-hmm. it's still nerve wracking each time because, again, mm-hmm. I just you know, you just want people to have a good experience, yeah. both during the workshops and and during the milongas. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it's just really about trying to put on, to, trying to do the best I can do,
2: yeah.
1: and uh, bringing out the best in everyone else that's involved in it. And and for example,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you may not want to include this, you can edit this out. Okay. But for example, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: this is one of the things that I think about at the registration table. Mm-hmm. I have the same group of women help out every year so now they know what to expect they become more familiar with the local dancers there's another advantage that they're not dancers So Uh they're not going to be distracted
0: (laughs) by everything
1: else. Right. That everything else is going on. They're not distracted by what's going on. in the longest, they can focus on what's going on at the the desk. And they also work in retail. So they're also familiar with customer service and dealing with people. Yes. And I also take it to the level where I ask them to wear something like a little uniform, you know, a little black jacket with black pants. Uh, because this is the first impression that people have of our right. Right, and festival. Right, you spot them so, right
0: away. You know, you don't have right, them, exactly, yeah. okay. exactly.
1: So you know who to, to ask. And I don't wear a big sign, but I do have a sweater on mm. that has the festival's logo. Because if people have a question or an issue, I right. want them to say, well, oh, is this the person I can ask yeah. about the festival? Okay. I want to be available on the front lines.
0: Okay, okay, Steve. So it's, it's very strategic. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So as the festival is unfolding, things are in swing. What what goes through your mind? Are you in the zone or are you just sort of taking things as they as they come?
1: Um I take things as they come and really the first day is the one where you're doing the most problem solving, mm-hmm. getting the vendor situ- situated, finding the spot in the hotel, you know, where their boxes have been stored if mm-hmm. they've been shipped in advance. Setting up the table for the registrants, uh, getting everything positioned in the ballroom, mm-hmm. doing our decorations, getting all of that stuff set up because we do uh, interesting centerpieces that consist of things that are that dancers will find user friendly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. peppermint candies and jars, yeah. but also brochures with walking tour guides and things mm-hmm. like that. For, mm-hmm. So to give them some choices about what to do to explore the city on their off time. Yeah. But as the festival progresses each Mm -hmm. day gets a lot easier for me and really with the team that i have it it's on autopilot at some point nice you know it's on autopilot and i'm free to take a nap in the afternoon
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's great great. i'll admit
1: it i have to take a nap in the afternoon because i'm up late and up early right up late at night and up early at some point in the
0: morning so yeah yeah, because if you're if you're sleep deprived, um, then that's that's about the same as being drunk. Yeah. Right. And
1: I'm a lightweight, you know, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a lightweight, but mm-hmm. I, I will admit I do have to have a little something, something.
0: I think it's purely
1: psychological. Uh, a little something, something before I take to the stage mm-hmm. a little bit of liquid courage.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah so as you reflect on the tango festival what what has the experience taught you?
1: I can't please all the people all the time, sure, you know sure. It, you know it, it try as much as I might mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen, so mm-hmm. you know i I try to go with the most uh positive comment denominator, but I, I, I can say that each year, based on the mm-hmm. feedback that we've received, whether mm-hmm. online or direct feedback, yeah. uh, we've made some adjustments to what goes on during the festival,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, for example, this year, because I have an extra room, yeah. that's the other thing, you know, space, I have another ballroom that mm-hmm. we can use, I've added a mixer, Oh okay. Uh to the festival to encourage people to get out there and meet new dancers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, and I find that for whatever reason when people go to matinee Milongas it's a lot more laid back. It it doesn't mm-hmm. feel quite as intense.
2: Yeah. And
1: I notice people seem to be more likely to reach out to new people during that time period. But something happens when you turn the lights down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people show up in their evening finery,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> the the tone of the room can kind of change. And so that's what we also try to do. And I think that the second line on uh, Friday yeah. night that we do after the performances,
2: mm-hmm. the
1: new, traditional New Orleans second line right. um, goes a, a long way to help breaking that ice.
0: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that is, yeah, that's such a special part of the evening. And that's, you know, that's really, you really feel like you're in New Orleans. And it's it's great when that, when that <laughs> happens. Yeah, because no other city can really throw that in, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Uh At least not without some context. But we're very fortunate <laughs> to right. have Clive. Yeah, we mm. have uh, one of our local dancers is a jazz musician in the French Quarter. So mm-hmm. he's been invited for the last couple of years and he'll be joining us again this year yeah. with his other musicians to lead the second line for us.
0: Excellent. So what are some other new elements that you're thinking of possibly adding? I'm sure you probably have a lot of ideas churning when, when the festival planning is happening. So let's
1: see. What's new this year? We've added a third workshop, a third room Right. and the advantage, it, it, this is a, Dual-edged sword. On the one hand, as an organizer, you're like, you want to have a lot of people. You're like, oh, yes, we have mm-hmm. a lot of people in this class. But on the other hand, you know, you reach a critical mass and it becomes the, the experience for the, the dancers mm-hmm. will not be as strong when there are 40 people in the class.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So, you know, if you can limit the class size, uh, the number of participants, I think it makes it easier for the instructors to reach out and touch everybody at some point during the yeah. workshop.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's that's important. So that's one thing that, that should help. The other, as I said, is we're adding the mixer. And then this year is the city's tricentennial. Mm. Correct. So from, you know, 1718 to 2018. Wow. So um, in celebration of that, we've added some sponsors who have donated some things for us to raffle. Okay. Um. Uh. To the for, raffle for two. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Raffle for the <laughs> We can have some raffles. And yeah. So it, it includes gift certificates to some popular restaurants in town. Okay. Uh, one of my favorites is Mr. B's. And then uh, the company that owns the Creole Queen also mm-hmm. owns Hop On, Hop Off, City Sightseeing. Okay. And they also own Jean Lafitte Swamp Tours. Ah. And they've donated some tickets for us to raffle to that. Raquel Shoes is donating a pair of shoes for us to raffle so it could be men and women oh, men, nice. you know, so it's it's um, uh, both genders you get to participate in right. and uh, S- Selena Rutundo mm-hmm. is donating a gift certificate to be applied to a, a custom made dress mm-hmm. and Mimi Penzon is has donated some gift certificates to to us as well okay so we've got a a pretty interesting lineup of of prizes mm-hmm. for our attendees so I think it'll be a lot of fun this year.
0: Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, sounds great. Oh,
1: yeah. and one other thing. Uh-huh. During the mixes, we're raffling off a, a book about the city that was written in anticipation of the tricentennial celebration. Okay. One of the other things I plan to raffle is a bottle of wine or champagne
2: ah. of the
1: winner's choice mm-hmm. so that they can redeem it during the milongas. In the evening, okay. and hopefully, they'll be willing to share that bottle with the people at the table. Sure. With oh, them. Okay. So that's another sort of icebreaker. That's okay. a wish, and hopefully, you know, it will come to fruition as I plan but right. you know what they say about life and plans sometimes right, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah okay I want to switch gears a little bit to tango communities in general so Lorena mm-hmm. in your opinion what are some key ingredients needed for a successful tango community A group of people who are
1: very interested in the dance and in community. Mm -hmm. So not just about learning the technique of the dance, but getting together and sharing that interest with other people. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so that's like the base. And then you're going to have some individuals that step forward, that pick up the mantle and run with it. Mm -hmm. They're going to be the ones who do that day-to-day or week-to-week, I should say, activity, making themselves available for workshops Making themselves available for Milongas once or twice a week, as uh, Hector does, and then we have a couple of instructors that host events periodically.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, and the scene is sort of growing here in New Orleans. But you know, you have that that core group of people who are interested in sharing their experiences with tango, mm-hmm. and you have the other individuals that step forward, and are the driving force to make these events happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now watch i'm going to get into trouble because let me see who have i omitted but again you know a couple of individuals who step up to help build the community Mm -hmm. and to keep it going on a week-to-week basis
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so when that big new orleans tango festival is over what's the first thing you do well, I break down the ballrooms, <laughs> load up the car with all the
1: centerpieces,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, take a nice long long nap when I get home. <laughs> and then one year, I went to uh, the Tango Festival in Columbia, and perhaps I'll do that again this year, run away mm-hmm. from town for a few days yeah. uh, to enjoy Tango as a spectator rather yeah. than as, a, as an event organizer. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, have you gone to other tango festivals and just sort of say, hey, this might be a good idea that I might want to try? Or do you – because as a, as a spectator, you I mean, you also have the advantage of knowing how some of these behind-the-scenes activities work. Do you ever think of
1: uh, – No, no n- not really. I okay. only think about when I'm at a festival, I'm only paying attention to what goes on in front of the curtain. Okay. And I think that helps me when it comes to think about what uh, things I might want to do behind the curtain. Yeah. But, no, I've been to a lot of events that are, are very well
0: organized. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for the most part, you take home the positive aspects of it. Yeah. All right, Lorena, where do we find out about the, no- the, the New Orleans Tango Festival? Um,
1: the website is www.nola.com nola nola Yeah, uh we also have a facebook group new orleans tangle festival
0: all right okay i'll have that in our show notes so people can look up they can they can still register right
1: Yes, they can still register. Online yeah.
0: registration is open until the beginning of June.
1: Okay. Um, uh, the one thing I will add, mm-hmm. if they're interested in coming, don't wait until the 11th hour to get their hotel room.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> it sells out every year. Yeah. And um, so if, if they're thinking that this is something that they want to do and experience, I encourage them to stay at that Sacron Plaza Hotel with us, also because it's located in the French Quarter. Yeah. So you can do your workshops by day. And walk around the French Quarter after the workshops, enjoy everything that the French Quarter has to offer, and come back in the evening ready and refreshed to participate in our milongas.
0: All right. Oh, another thing I wanted to ask you, Lorena. So, when it comes to your own tango learning, how do you how do you keep challenging yourself? With workshops and lessons, and right now I'm learning how to lead. Learning so, to lead. Ah. Yes. <laughs> and the other part. Yeah, that's that's great.
1: Right. So um, that just adds to the challenge, mm-hmm. you know, just another aspect of my life to yeah. um, do something that's a bit different and outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, just learn how to lead so I have an appreciation for what goes on the other side
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the embrace.
0: All right, Lorena. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about the New Orleans Tango Festival. And just uh, to let our audience members know, Lorena was kind enough to have me there three years in a row. <laughs> Uh, I loved it. It was an awesome time. I'm not just saying that because you invited me, but it was just a really, really wonderful group of people, really friendly community. And um, yeah, it was just a blast. So. Well,
1: thank you. I'm glad you had a good time, Joe. Oh, I did. And we enjoyed having you come. And I, I still have uh, some dancers who took some of your workshops uh, a couple of years ago ask, is Joe coming back this oh, year?
0: Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> but you have a wonderful so. roster of teachers, and it's just, it's going to be awesome. So Yes,
1: well, thank you so much for the invitation. Um,
0: well, oh.
1: I love that one, but whatever.
0: I don't do this for a living. No, no, it's it's, it's okay.
1: All right, I'll chat with you later. All right, take care.
0: Okay, that was fun. Although I've had the honor of being part of the New Orleans Tango Festival, I never had a chance to sit down and actually chat with Lorena about it. And I'm glad we had that opportunity. And during our conversation, one of the things that stuck out to me was the way in which Lorena got involved with organizing and how it all started with identifying various needs in the community. In Lorena's case, she provided a place for a visiting teacher to stay. It was a relatively easy thing to do, but she stepped up and solved that problem. And from there, she and her friend Myrna were able to find more ways of helping the community and eventually this process of meeting more and more needs led to the organization of an awesome tango festival. So making an impact doesn't have to start with a gigantic idea, I mean very few people wake up one day and try to put together something as big as a tango festival. It all starts with meeting smaller needs, then building up from there. And Lorena also mentioned that one of the most important lessons she learned from being a festival organizer is that you can't please everybody. But as long as the whole project is done with the goal of having a good time with all the planning and details designed for the enjoyment of the attendees in mind, it's going to be a success. So thank you again, Lorena, for sharing your thoughts and for telling us about the New Orleans Tango Festival. It's going to be another great time, I'm sure. And if you're thinking of attending, which I strongly encourage you to do, the festival takes place this year, 2018, from Thursday, June 14th to Sunday, June 17th. The festival website is in the show notes, so please check it out. And if you happen to be a festival organizer and you'd like me to give your tango festival a shout out, please let me know, seriously. My email is wisconsintango at gmail.com and I want to do what I can to get the word out about your event because it's all about spreading the love of tango. Okay, that's all for now. If you enjoyed this show, please take a second to head over to iTunes or Stitcher, leave a five-star rating and review. That really helps. And new shows coming every Monday and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again for listening.